Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Short & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Even if you don't have an active interest in fashion or music, there's a pretty good chance you know what's current and what's not. Somehow, although you might not be able to pick them out of a lineup, you know the names of fashion designers like Tommy Hilfiger or musicians like Kanye West. You spend way more time at work than you do keeping up with Kanye, but you're probably less aware of the trends in the workplace than trends in hip hop. Maybe if Kanye took more of an interest in the sociology of work, those trends would get more media attention, but that is not likely to happen. So in the next 30 minutes, to right the balance a little, I'm going to introduce you to two people who are at the cutting edge of what's going on in the American workplace. Mike Perry started out in the early days of e-commerce. He built a successful tech company, made some money, and decided he wanted to try something completely different. So he created a company that's a cross between a business incubator, a makerspace, a Mardi Gras crew, and a social aid and pleasure club. It's called the Mystic Crew of the Silver Ball, and it's been running for four years out of a repurposed church. Mike, welcome out to lunch. Thank you, Peter. Pleasure to be here. As more people join the wave of entrepreneurship and go into business for themselves, many of them find that working at home is not all it's cracked up to be. It can be isolating, difficult to focus, and expensive to provide all the office support you need to run a business. For that reason, co-working spaces have sprung up all over the country and here in New Orleans. A co-working space can be as simple as a seat at a long table with a bunch of other folks or as slick as your own office and access to a boardroom in secretarial services. One of our local co-working spaces is The Warehouse. The founder of The Warehouse is Erin Wilson. Erin, welcome out to lunch. Thank you. Happy to be here. Now, Mike, in New Orleans, we're often proud of proclaiming that what makes us special is we really have our priorities right. Uh, what what that generally means is we care more about Mardi Gras than work, we care more about music than work, and we care more about hanging out than work. It seems like, as a lifelong New Orleanian and a successful business person, you've combined the New Orleans priorities into a model that incorporates work. Having a shared workspace where you can also host music events and play pinball is a kind of local version of the Silicon Valley workplace model. Those companies, though, like Google, have a well-defined products that they're centered around. Given that this is the New Orleans version, maybe work is not the center of your model, what, what is the business of the mystic crew of the silver ball, and what does the company produce? Collaboration. I can't uh, emphasize enough how important it is, just the whole concept of collaboration. We live in a society now where everybody is kind of programmed to think about themselves and focus an, an army of one, per se. <laughs> and what we're trying to do is create a scenario where people can collaborate with each other. And that's kind of how the whole venture came about on, on my end was I, was I started a business venture with a friend and we, it was a mobile application company and we got it going and uh, about a year into the project, he had some personal issues and just left and left me hanging. 
And I realized that, um, you, you know, you've got to find right, the good, right people to work with. You're never going to go anywhere. And if you're, if you're unlucky enough to be like a, a Steve Jobs who had a childhood friend named Wozniak, <laughs> then it's hard to find somebody that can be a really good, loyal uh, partner with you. So one of the ideas behind the Mystic Crew is let's create a, a casual scenario where creative, interesting, ethical people can hang out and socialize and see what happens from there. So kind of reverse engineering the idea of bringing people in and, and creating partnerships. And I hope there's a was at each of your, yes. each of your facilities. <laughs> they, uh, Mike, what do you do all day? Um, well, I still run my day-to-day -day business with the e-commerce and the internet, but I'm definitely transitioning into the Mystic Crew as a major project. Um, recruitment, trying to attract new members. Um, we're, we're working on our, our flagship project is uh, our venue, which is called the Pin Church, which is this abandoned church building that was... Is uh, that its name or that's what you're calling we it? We call it the Pin Church. Yes, I was going to say. It'd be weird to Our Lady of Pinball or <laughs> something yes. like that. It, it was, a, it was a, an old church building that was built in the late 40s and in the New Orleans area. It got about three feet of water in Whoa. Katrina. It was abandoned for seven years. They couldn't uh, put it back as a church because it didn't have a parking lot. I found the building, it was perfect for what we needed to do, so um, when we got it, it was completely gutted, had no power, no electricity, no meter. So the first project our group had was to take this old church building and turn it into something that was habitable. And that took about two years and quite a lot of money. And once we had that, it was just like magical. Then we had our own little place where we could hang out and socialize and we've been having parties. And so the front <laughs> half of it is like a social area with the arcade and we have a, a full-blown recording broadcasting studio in there. So we, have, we have do live shows and concerts. And then the back part is a maker space where we've got a full-blown workshop where we can do machining and woodworking. We've got 3D printers. We've got laser cutters. We've got all kinds of neat technology. Now, I have to ask, you were very successful in your first uh, idea, kind of a, a tech company. What was that? Um, it's still operative. It's called um, iCorp, or Intercommerce Corporation. And we were one of the very early people that got involved in the internet with web hosting and e-commerce. And I still run websites and help everybody from uh, Cafe Du Monde to Gambit. So you were the, one of the first people out of the gates. Mm -hmm. There's <laughs> I'm one of the, I'm, one, I'm like, what do they call me? I'm a, I'm a late adopter. So yeah, you don't need me. There's <laughs> uh, the, yeah. Now, Aaron. Better late than never. <laughs> finally catching up. Aaron, you own a piece of property in New Orleans, and these days that can be a pretty good investment. You could Airbnb it or flip it for a decent profit. What made you want to turn this property into a co-working space? So just to clarify, I don't actually own the building. Okay. Um, it's a small group of investors who bought the property um, and had originally other plans for it. Um, when those fell through, <coughs> my boss um, decided to kind of take this on because they were becoming more popular in New Orleans. These uh, workspaces. Yeah, yep. co-working spaces, but most of them were in the CBD. And um, this space is in the Bywater, um, which is a host to a lot of creative people. A lot of people work from home. And so we figured this might be like a perfect opportunity to bring this to this neighborhood. When the owner decided to uh, essentially take this on, he would only agree to it if, if a group of us um, were going to work with him. So basically people that he knew, his friends who had strengths in different parts of, you know, one of them was really strong in design and marketing. Another gentleman was more of an IT background. 
Um, I'm more of the management background, and so once we all agreed to take it on, um, the process started in November of 2015, and we opened in May of wow. 2016. Now, yeah. you know, I'm thinking about both of your spaces and such. 15 years ago, this probably couldn't have happened, right? That this wasn't the way people right. thought of work. Exactly. Yeah, there's, uh, and of course, Mike, you've, um, you've really redefined it. Uh, who, who are the kind of folks that come in and use your space? We really do have a, a very diverse array of people, from young students in their 20s to people, retired people in their 70s. And what's really neat is uh, everybody gets along great. We have just a wonderful kind of rapport with each other. Um, our membership is screened to some degree. We, we have certain ideals and principles. You know, we don't discriminate against anybody based on any criteria. We, uh, we, we have dues that are similar to a Mardi Gras crew, so it, you, it's not just free, you can't, anybody can, can't just walk in. Um, and we focus on learning and sharing, and um, it's really a very neat, productive scene. And you mentioned dues, how about, how about on your side, Aaron, is there a, um, is it like a membership fee or yep. month rent, or how would you call it? Yeah, I guess it's technically both. Um, we call them membership fees, but it's basically, um, each level is a different price. So we designed it so everybody could essentially afford it with our basic membership where you just come in nine to five, Monday through Friday, and sit at communal tables um, up to a $1,200 a month office that you know they have. Um, so they you have can determine in that same space if you want the more traditional office to the... Yeah. yeah. All of our offices are open on top just to kind of keep that, you know, co-working vibe. Our doors are really big. They're glass. So you're never really too separate. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, what we, we wanted to design it in a way that allowed people to stay. So you start really small, and you can grow, hopefully, forever with us. Um, and luckily, we've already had a few people that are able, were able to do that in the seven months we've been open. Wow. You know, you know the part that I liked was you could make private phone calls. You have phone booths. Yes. Mm -hmm. Are they what I think of as a phone booth? Did you find old phone booths, sir? No, that <laughs> would have been awesome. Um, time, I guess, would not allow us to actually be that picky about the structure, but... Changing um, to Superman, it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> um, yeah, they're just, they're the only, they're the only structures in the building besides our conference rooms that have roofs on them. So if you have to make a private, you know, Skype phone call or you have to yell at somebody, you can go in there and nobody can hear you. Well, Mike, I'm sure you don't have to yell at anybody. What, what, <laughs> what's the uh, incubator aspect to your place? Well, the idea is if you create a casual area where creative, passionate, uh, interesting people can socialize and you provide a bunch of tools and resources that eventually people will start to collaborate. And so that's our goal is to create a scene where people get together um, and have fun and socialize, but also practice and learn new technologies and new skills and we've got tools and resources there for them to collaborate with. Our objective is to create a scene where this is the kind of place where you can go to get away from the normally exhausting kind of environment that you're in and you're surrounded by uh, givers rather than takers. So all of our uh, members are very generous and they're very creative and they're very willing to help each other out. They get together under just the premise of just having fun. That's why we've got this really cool game room. Everybody comes and hangs out. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. My guests are Mike Perry from the Mystic Crew of the Silver Ball, where they take a very New Orleans approach to the world of work, and Aaron Wilson 
from the co-working space, the warehouse. Aaron, when I go into a regular office building, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, so yeah, I, it's really depressing. Yeah, it's uh, which, yeah, I think is why when when people choose to be at spaces such as these, it's because they want to be there, not because they have to be there, which creates this amazing environment because they they want to be there. Um, instead of, you know, this is, okay, you got this job, you're hired, this is your building, you have no say. And, and that was a, that's another really um, cool thing that I've found is how much feedback we're able to get from our members that kind of drives how we run it. So you're still evolving in that sense. Still yeah. evolving, always evolving. Um, so whose idea was it to have yoga on the roof? Um, you know, it was one of the members. He's he was <laughs> from San, San Francisco. He came up to me and said, "Hey, I you know I used to teach yoga in San Francisco. I want to keep up my teaching credentials. Do you think that I could, you know, have some classes on the rooftop?" And I was like, "Absolutely." We're also starting this. Um, it's sort of like a rotating art exhibit, and so we have a lot of white walls in the warehouse and we reach out to just local artists that might not be able to find a venue and say you can you know put your photos or artwork up in the warehouse and then we throw them an opening um, which is really neat and this past one that we have we did for photo nola um was uh renee marino he um, had his photos up which was really cool so um we've had jessica normington thus far and in one of the openings a gentleman who was visiting uh, worked at Holly Grove Market, and he was like, "Hey, do you guys think that you might want to get, like, offer the CSA to your members?" And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds amazing." So I talked to the girl who owned Holly Grove, and now we get like a weekly veggie delivery, which is just—it's fun how like that you have that power over what you can do. You know, if you're yeah, in a regular office, I worked office, on Wall like, Street, and nobody brought us radishes or yeah, hung pictures. I yeah. think that's very. Erin, let me ask, what's your, your own management background? What were you doing before all this? Um, originally, restaurant. So I worked in Yosemite National Park for six years, and I managed um, a bar and a restaurant there. Wow. And then I came to New Orleans, sort of, I've done seasonal work for many years, so I was more of a vagabond. So I was, I was traveling back and forth from, I would come to New Orleans for a winter, and I was just like working in a restaurant, serving, and then I'd go back to Yosemite. I worked at Olympic a year, and I came back, and then um, Knife. I- Have a home? Now I, yes, now I have a place. home, and um, <laughs> we stopped leaving, which was really cool. <laughs> and I also, since I've been here, um, have started property management, which is how I got to know my ah. boss. Um, so yeah, re real estate, restaurant, and now co-working. And um, <laughs> <laughs> now, Mike, in your places, any collaboration come out between folks? Oh, absolutely. We do something similar to what Aaron was talking about. The, the nature of what we do as a group varies depending upon who's in the group and what they want to do. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a class on beekeeping. One of our members oh. got into beekeeping, um, brought in a local professor from a university, and they, we gave a big presentation. Now, you normally you'd think, oh, who's interested in beekeeping? But it was fascinating. Damn. Yeah. And uh, we're having a class on CPR next week. And this is another scenario where one of our members says, I need to get CPR certified. One of our members is a EMT, so he lined up the class. And in cases like this, where we've got some kind of a public service thing, we will sell a limited number of tickets to the public. It's for the club, but right. we'll also allow people to come in. That's how we subsidize the club. Oh, and along those great. lines, I feel like I'm kind of like a cruise director. 
you know? People are on the ship. I ask people what they're into, and we plan activities based on it. Mike, Aaron, this is the part of the show we call, let me ask you this, and both of you hire people, I'm sure, and have been to a bunch of job interviews. We've got a list of 20 interview questions here that were dreamed up by HR specialists to try and reveal people's creative and problem-solving abilities. I'm gonna ask you one each. Um, Aaron, I'll start with you. Uh, pick a number between one and 20. Uh, 13. 13, we'll spin the big prize wheel. Okay, if you could be a superhero, what would you want your superpowers to be? Invisibility. Invisibility. I've thought about that. You very really? This, uh, often. You actually prepared for this show? That's ridiculous. <laughs> they um they want why? What would you do with it? Um, well, one, I'm very nosy, so I would like to know <laughs> what is going on, and if I can't be there, then I could actually be there. Um, and just like, I don't know, it just it gives you so much freedom. Like, if you don't want to be somewhere, but you have to be, <laughs> nobody can talk to you. If you can't be somewhere and you want to be, no one will know. That is great. Um, would make you a really weird landlord you, at your facility. Too. Yes, it would. <laughs> yes, it would. And you could, I mean, essentially, if you're invisible, you can do anything. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to work on next. That is so great. They, yeah. Now, Mike, number from 1 to 20. Uh, let's go with 12. All right, 12. If you were on an island and could only bring three things, what would you bring? Uh, a saddle machine. Right? A satellite phone. Oh, <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. Um, hmm. Uh, that's a tough one. Um, a boat. Oh, these are... <laughs> you're the guy I want to be with. <laughs> um, and maybe a bunch of seeds to be able to plant some uh, food. Oh, you're a survivor. Yeah. Really? I, and I, if I can't survive, I'll call and get rescued. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like the way that's working out. The, uh, Aaron, when I looked at your website, one of the things you mentioned that was you had a lot of people that were socially conscious, creative entrepreneurs. What, is, what does that mean? We have <clears throat> a few nonprofits um, that work out of the warehouse. So um, one of them is in water management. Another one is a science nonprofit that works in education. Um, so, which is another great thing about co-working is it kind of draws, you know, those sorts of people in. Um, and so off the top of my head, those are, the, the, you know, we, we had this, we had this set of values that we kind of wanted to live up to, um, opening this space. And it's hard to do that because you don't necessarily get to choose what people do, you know, right. um, but it's just naturally worked out that way. So it's really great. Um, and hopefully we'll have more in the future. You know, I was going to ask both of you this question is people all the time think it would be great to work out of their home and their pajamas on and such. When you talk to people that have done that, what did they find with the problems? Uh, well, the level of productivity. I mean, just think of all of the distractions that you have in your house, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah discipline, exactly. Um, I think that's certainly number one. I mean, it's been proven that, that, that people who work from home that go into a co-working space, their level of productivity increases exponentially. So that's awesome. Um, I think another thing too, what I've had a few people say is they just want some sort of structure to their day. You know, they want to wake up and have to go somewhere. Um, and again, if they go somewhere that they enjoy being, then they'll stay. So I think that's, that's 
the, that's... I would be lonely. I, th I think yeah. I wouldn't be good in a submarine either. Those are the things I'd and be signing up for. When we first opened, uh, when we first started construction, I was by myself all the time. And I was like, this is why places like this exist, because I cannot <laughs> work alone by myself. I am yeah. just so, like, again, distracted. I just, like, my mind wanders. I just, I, like, I just feel like being around other people is so much better for me. Yeah. yeah. You know, we look back at the 80s and the 90s and the first decade of the 2000s, it's amazing how things have changed. Uh, Mike and Aaron, in a few years, when we look back on the decade we're in now, it'll be interesting to see where your businesses fit into the sweep of history, whether they were the beginnings of a co-working movement or aberrations uh, of their time. Either way, it's essential to progress to have original thinkers and risk takers like both of you among us. It's been great to have lunch with you and I look forward to keeping up with you as your futures unfold. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Aaron Wilson, the operations manager at The Warehouse, and Mike Perry, the founder and president of the Mystic Crew of the Silver Ball. You can find out more about Aaron's space and Mike's crew by following the links in our websites. It's neworleans.com and wwno.org. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday, with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle, and our researcher is Mr. Matthew Ellison. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's music is available wherever great jazz is sold, streamed, or stolen, and at MitchellForeman.com. You can get the show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Rashidi. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace. For more business, New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Schuert & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness. Thank you.